everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+, where everyone has a voice. I'm Annie McKinnon, an authenticity coach, therapist, speaker, writer and podcaster. And if you would like to get to know me a little bit better, visit my website www.coachingcart.com and if you would like to get in touch or even feature on the show, then please send me over an email to info at coachingcart.com. And I will, of course, put those details as always below. I would also be really grateful if you could rate the show so that we can get these amazing conversations out to as many people as possible. But let's crack on. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Diego Lazaro. Diego is an LGBT plus speaker and consultant who works towards improving LGBT plus inclusion in the workplace. In the past few years, he has been providing workshops to top companies such as IBM, Johnson & Johnson and Airbus, as well as participating in DNI forums, fairs and talks in order to identify the best practices and trends in the field. So you can read that full bio below, but let's crack on and let me introduce you to Diego. Welcome to the show, Diego. Hi, Annie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. Uh, and before we jump into the main recording, actually, you're the first person of season three. So my initial question has changed. Uh, so you're the first one to answer it. And the question is, when was the last time you were surprised or shocked? <laughs> okay, well, the, the last time I was uh, surprised, I would say positively, was uh, actually uh, very recently in, in Spain, there was a, a new trans law that was uh, approved. And uh, it's a law that actually uh, improves uh, rights for trans people in general, but also for the LGBT community as a whole. And uh, one of the initiatives or one of the, the points in the law was uh, actually to, to something new that's going to happen is that companies with more than 50 employees are going to have to um, have specific initiatives to include LGBT people at work. And uh, I was actually very nicely surprised because I didn't think such a law would be passed uh, so early, so fast, you know. When I was a when I was a kid growing up, uh, LGBT people were completely invisible in in my life in general. I just grew up without having any uh, LGBT role models. And when I started working, also, um, I felt like I was always very lonely in my in my teams or in my companies as an as an LGBT person. And uh, this law actually surprised me very well. And um, I'm very very excited for these uh, new changes that are coming in in society. That's that's really great to hear because that's that'll take us nicely into you you work in HR and are completely big on uh, diversity and inclusion. So I know you've you've had an interesting life because we had a bit of a, a chat before we started and you've you've moved around a bit. Uh, so it'd be really really good to get some insight into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I do I do come from a HR background, so I do have around six, seven years of experience in HR in various positions, various types of companies. So I worked in first a small company, then a medium size, and then a very big uh, international firm. Uh, so I've had a bit of a bit of everything. And uh, but what I really like is diversity and inclusion. So I was always doing some HR roles, but um, in parallel to my job, I also started working around three years ago with one of uh, Spain's oldest uh, LGBT NGOs, which is called Kogan. 
and um, they asked me to actually help them develop for them um, some kind of uh, a consulting department, let's say, so a, a department that would give trainings on LGBT inclusion to companies. And I started doing that, you know, as a as a side huddle. I I started doing that in parallel to my job, and I realized, you know, how much I loved it, and how much, you know, I was able to actually mix my personal life as well everything I had learned in my personal life through the years as well as everything I had learned in my in my job you know and I realized that I I, I absolutely loved diversity and inclusion and that I wanted to to get more involved in that and that's why around uh, six seven months ago I started to to launch my own uh, consulting services in LGBT inclusion and I started uh, collaborating with various companies to help them be more inclusive and develop the right uh, strategy to to also be an inclusive employer and to make uh, an an inclusive work environment where all people could feel comfortable. Hmm. And it, it sounds like great work, Diego. And I know certainly in the UK there are so many organisations wanting to learn more about how they can be more diverse, you know, and more inclusive. What do you have a, a top tip for organizations that you could say, you know, well, I would start here if this is what you're looking to do? Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, I think the first thing that all LGBT want is to, to feel included. You know, before coming out, the first thing that companies need to understand is that they need to create an environment, an inclusive environment, uh, so that people can feel at ease to then come out and be themselves either as a trans person or as an LGBT person in, in general. Um, so it's really important to, to set this environment first. So the first thing would be to really communicate to your employees. So if you're a company that wants to, 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 to be inclusive in general, I would say the first advice would be to communicate to your employees right from the beginning, you know, well, as soon as they, they start their recruitment process or their onboarding in the company, uh, make your employees feel and understand that the values of the companies are inclusive, are welcoming, and that you know you have the right kind of policies or initiatives to make everyone feel included. So I would say the first step would be to really make feel make people feel welcome from the beginning, and then obviously you have a lot of different initiatives that you can uh, put in place or have obviously non discrimination policies. I think that would be also like a, a very good way to start so having a specific protocol in case you know someone hears some kind of discrimination or some kind of you know joke about being lgbt uh, have you know a person of contact have an email address or a phone number that people can reach out to and uh, people can contact in case they're victim of of discrimination i think that would be the first the first step mm. and that that is great advice and i love i love that you talk about having that there from the very beginning, from that recruitment, onboarding, uh, I guess, journey for someone that they know immediately, this is an organization that will support and an organization that according to their values, then I, you know, I'll feel like I belong there. And it is so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, for, uh, you know, people in general, the LGBT people in general, um, I'm always scared of, of of coming out at work, you know, at least, for example, in, in Spain, we have around 60% of LGBT people who are still in the closet at work. So it means that a lot of people who are out 
in their personal life, as soon as they start working, they go back to the closet. Yeah. And, uh, and we have around 80% of trans people here in Spain who are unemployed. So I think these these numbers are really you know staggering and really show that there's still a long way to go. And uh, there's still a lot, a lot of things to, to do for people to, to be uh, at ease. And I think also young generations, you know, if you if you want to be a top company, you know what, you know, always tell companies, why do, why does everyone want to work for Google or for Amazon or for these big corporations? Why? Because, you know, they're very attractive. And why are they so attractive? It's because they're able to create this brand image, this employer branding, which attracts people because they are very inclusive. They're seen as young, innovative, um, diverse. And that's what most people want, you know, especially young people. You know, it's not like my parents' generation where uh, people stayed in the same company for 20, 30, 40 years. You know, young people stay now in companies for two, three, maybe four years. And if they're not happy, then they change. You know, they have <laughs> no loyalty yeah. to companies, you know. So it's really important for companies to create an environment where everyone can be themselves when they see themselves staying long term. Uh, where they can create connections, where they feel like they're heard, they're valued, and they're respected. So I think mm -hmm. that's extremely important. Yeah, and it's it's really sad to hear that you know those statistics of trans people and LGBTQ plus people are still feeling scared to come out in their organization, and I'm I'm really interested in organizations that put put their um, processes and procedures in place but then yeah they're there but then when someone gets into that into that organization they can feel the cultures not really what they've been told have you come across that before mm -hmm. yeah I mean it's true that what companies say that externally and then what happens internally is obviously very often uh, different and it's true that people, uh, when they start in a company, they think that everything's going to go through well. And, you know, that every, every company has in their values, you know, always values about, you know, sharing and teamwork and, and good work culture, et cetera. And it's true that people sometimes feel, feel disappointed. Mm. Um, I think in terms of, of the LGBT topic, I think, you know, it's not like 20, 30 years ago where, you know, people get discriminated directly. I think LGBT phobia nowadays is maybe not as um, as obvious as 20, 30 years ago, but it's much more subtle. So it's true that in the work environment, it gets translated in, in other ways. So it's mainly through, through comments, through staring, through stupid jokes, and very often you know, people who are LGBT, who, who, who convey these kind of messages are not necessarily conscious about them. You know, sometimes it's through it's all jokes and it's through repeating the same kind of jokes that we grew up with, you know, the typical jokes about, you know, being a real man or being a real woman, you know, which we don't really know what it means actually, but we keep having the, hearing these same jokes. And sometimes in, in, in the work environment, um, we tolerate these jokes and people tolerate these jokes because we've been hearing them for such a long time that we're they're kind of part of the culture, even though they're not they're not normal. I mean, mm. they should be tolerated. And um, and sometimes maybe even a fear of challenging. Mm -hmm, you yeah, know, people are scared to challenge someone who who is making those remarks, subtle or otherwise. 
Yeah, and I think especially young people, you know, the young people are, are sometimes very scared or they don't really know how to how to react. You know, it happened to me also at work once that I heard a a stupid joke of 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 that of that kind, and I just it was very early in my career. It was my first internship, and I just didn't know how to react because at the time, first of all, I wasn't really sure I had heard it properly, so I wasn't actually sure that it, you know what was the the intention of of the mm -hmm. joke. You know, because sometimes these jokes, you don't really know if they're, you know, you, how much of a joke it is and how much of a of a, of homophobia it is. Uh, so I didn't react at, uh, in the moment, you know, and uh, one advice that I give to people is that, you know, it's OK if you don't know how to react in the moment, because sometimes mm. you just don't know or you're in a meeting with 30 people or 20 people and you just don't want to create a, a fuss. So the advice that I give to people is, you know, if you leave this kind of experience, maybe what you can do is, you know, wait until the end of the meeting or wait, wait until the end of the day uh, or for the next day and um, and then go to, towards the person who had these comments and, uh, you know, maybe address the issue and tell the person, you know, you know, I feel that this comment was not appropriate. I think next time you could maybe avoid saying this or maybe say it in a different way so that it's not um, interpreted in the wrong way. And um, I think that would be, uh, really important and what is also very important is the ro role of the allies so all these people who might not belong to the lgbt community but do support uh, uh support us and it's really important also for these people to to act and to say something when they they see these kind of uh, uh behaviors uh because sometimes as an lgbt person we don't know how to react or you know when we're victims we don't know how to react and there's nothing more horrible uh, than being a victim of, of an insult and uh, having no one around us react, you know, and having a lot of, of witnesses and no one saying anything about mm -hmm. it. Being an ally is also super, super important. Yeah, so there's definitely something in the, there about having having the support around when something doesn't go quite right, mm -hmm. you know. And while, while you were talking as well about uh, that recruitment process, I was thinking... For someone going along for an interview um, and wanting to find out how in inclusive the, the organization is, maybe a good question to ask is, well, I see one of your values is this. Can you can you tell me how that's demonstrated on a day-to-day -day basis? Not just from, you know, from the top to the bottom. Yeah, completely. Yes, yeah. so obviously, whenever you do a, a recruitment process, it's very important to to ask all the questions, ask the company about you know this uh, you know all the the initiative they have you know in terms of LGBT inclusion, what type of non non discriminatory policies they have, you know if they have any workshops, etc. So I think that's that's very important. Obviously, you need to feel at ease, you know, yeah. to, with that because I remember me for example when I was uh, I remember when I was doing my first interviews obviously I was always very shy and and always trying to avoid the the LGBT topics so obviously I wasn't comfortable enough to to mm. ask questions because I thought that you know I would be identified as a gay man and then I wouldn't be selected for the position so I think to to do that you also need to to have a certain level of confidence uh, but yeah. yeah, nowadays companies also post this kind of initiative on their website. So most of the time okay. when they have um, this kind of uh, of actions, they do post them on, on their website, on their social media, on LinkedIn, etc. So obviously you can do your little research uh, when you're applying and uh, and find out more about the about the company on these kind of platforms. 
Sure. So where you are now and you're talking about um, not a lot of organizations being diverse and inclusive. Uh, I'm just I'm just thinking, what is there anything being done to support that mm-hmm. where you are? Um, in, you mean in, in terms of helping companies being more more diverse? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, in, obviously, in, in it's true that companies take time to change. And it's true that until governments or societies don't force or companies don't feel forced to change, they don't necessarily do it. But I think now companies are more and more uh, judged on how they act in terms of their values, in terms of the, their CSR, in terms of their gender uh, equality. And I think in the next few years also in terms of LGBT inclusion. So I think just because of society's uh, changes and, and pressure, companies are slowly going to change. As I mentioned, I think more and more governments are also going to um, force companies to to bring these changes. As I mentioned in Spain, for example, it's already a reality. So the government and the new laws force companies with more than 50 employees to have these kind of initiatives. And um, and obviously, uh, there are more and more, you know, NGOs or people like me who also support companies with this kind of uh, uh, transition and also implementing the right, uh, right initiatives. So it's not only uh, having non-discrimination policies, but it's also about educating people, having mm. the right workshops, uh, having the right communication, so internally and externally. So how do you position yourself as an inclusive employer? Um, how do you also create the right work culture so that people feel comfortable to be themselves, uh, to report any type of discrimination, and also uh, how to measure change. I think it's really important also when when you set up these kind of initiatives to have KPIs, so key performance indicators, to always measure how you're improving as a company. So how many people have come out of the closet? How many people in uh, in uh, manager positions you have from the LGBT community? Uh, what kind of initiatives you've put in place? You know, so always keep track of these changes and have someone to report to. Uh, is very important as a company to actually not only have a one-time event, but also have events all year round and to keep track of the changes. I think that's really, really important. Mm. I'm I'm really uh, interested to hear, Diego, what, what kind of reactions uh, you receive when you go out to organizations and start talking about LGBTQ plus and you know you're putting your workshops out there um do you have a varied reactions or do you find that everyone's really wanting to buy into it yeah I mean I think well in general the reaction is is uh, I think positive um but I think there's always people who wonder why are we talking about these topics at work you know they always think that sexual orientation or gender identity is something that you keep just keep in your private life and um, I don't necessarily agree with that because you know when you go to work, you you need you want to bring your whole your whole self, your true self, and you cannot just distinguish, you know, your personal life from your work life. At the end of the day, we spend I spend more time at work with my colleagues than I spend with my family, for example. Right? Absolutely, so, I think I think most people do. Yeah, exactly. Most of most of us do, and we spend so much time at work at the end of the day that you know, we want to be ourselves. And, you know, when we start a meeting or when we come back from a weekend, the first thing we do is not starting 
talking about we don't start working talking about work directly we start usually talking about what we did on the weekend yep. you know if you know we got married we talk about our wedding or you know we always talk about our private life even if we don't want it and um and that's what i try to make people understand is that when you're lgbt you cannot just put that in the closet and then work and do everything as if you were not lgbt you know uh when i was at school and i was in the closet it took me a huge amount of energy to actually pretend or to pretend that i wasn't lgbt it's actually exhausting you know yeah. So doing that at work is also exhausting. I remember uh, a friend of mine who who was a bit older than me and told me once that he had been in the same company for 16 years in a bank and that no one knew that he was gay after 16 years in the company. I mean, can you imagine? Wow, I, ju I just can't. No, I can't imagine that, the stress of that. It, it's crazy yeah that's what I think I always thought you know it's, it must be exhausting to 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 not necessarily um lie but just hide the truth because mm. you need to hide you know who you spend your weekend with or who you're going to see in the evening or you, you know you cannot just you cannot mention most of what you what you do you know mm. in your personal life and I think it's, it's very difficult and when you're in a company you want to be yourself so I think that's the the, the main resistance that I get from from people when I give workshops in, in their company um but in general people are quite uh do understand I think the the importance of it mm -hmm. especially younger generations are really um putting the focus on this and and it's important for them to to be themselves at work so I think slowly we're we're making this change and and slowly it's uh it's becoming a, a reality because mm -hmm. what what I'm hearing you say there as well that there's a big well-being piece in there uh, because if someone like your friend is working somewhere for years and has been unable to for whatever reason just be themselves at work then I'm guessing that will then carry on to the weekend or the evenings and that fear of bumping into someone from work yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're always scared of, you know, bumping into someone from work, you know, you know, in a maybe in a gay bar, a gay party or, mm. or, or a dating app, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, everyone's on dating apps. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a full time job to 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 hide from yourself. I think it's uh, it's exhausting. And uh, as an LGBT person, you you we always fear that, you know, we're, we're very good at that. You know, I think we're very good at that because we've learned most of us from a young age to 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 do that but it's certainly not comfortable and uh, it's certainly not something that we want to do especially if we've come out of the closet and we've done already this this process in our personal life we don't want to go through this process again in our in our professional life so um yeah definitely not something that uh that i would like to do no, we definitely need to be yeah. ourselves, regardless of where that is, work or, or outside for sure. Uh, so what, what else if there's, you know, maybe CEOs or people that are leading organizations tuning into this podcast, uh, what else can, can you give them mm -hmm. uh, around uh, inclusion and diversity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's very important for CEOs actually and for managers to 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 take this uh, to take this responsibility to to lead the change. Actually, you know, because we have, for example, in in companies in in big organizations, we a lot of them have employee resource groups, so LGBT uh, employee resource groups, which are great, I think, and they lead a lot of initiatives and 
and organize a lot of workshops. Then there are these kind of groups that also serve as a point of, of contact and socialization for LGBT people within the company. And I think they're great. But I think change always has to come from the top down. You know, it's very important to, to bring change within an organization at all levels of an organization from the bottom. I think it has to come from the top. And I think it's really important for directors to understand this and to put the resources, uh, the necessary resources in place to bring that change. You know, um, when I was working for one of the companies, uh, for one of, of the companies I worked for in the past, they told me that they wanted to be leaders uh, in the DNI field, but they had no budget for that. You know, <laughs> and uh, I think it's almost impossible to be a leader in something if you don't have the right resources. Obviously, there's a lot of things you can do for, for free. You know, there's a lot of changes you can do, for example, in your communication, you know, in your social media posts, in your uh, email signature, for example, you know, you have you can have inclusive language in, in your signature to, 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 to show your, your gender identity. There's a lot of small things you can do without having a specific budget for it, but at the same time, you cannot bring it change to a huge organization without having a proper budget so mm. i think having so, so yeah having, having that budget you know what what could an organization do with um you know a substantial budget what what where could they take this to you know they, yeah they can they can work on the emails the social media etc but what difference having a big budget would, would make to an organization yeah, so I mean, it's going to make a change first in the in in education. So, for example, having workshops, having the resource to to the training resources. So, investing in in training, so so that all employees, as soon as they start during their onboarding process, they go through uh, some training on on diversity and inclusion on different topics. Obviously, not only the LGBT topic, yeah. but also everything that has to do with different minorities or different diversities. So, I think it's very very important also you can the budget can be useful to conduct some internal surveys i think it's also very important to conduct surveys uh, with your employees to have some more in-depth information about how they feel you know very often when i talk to to companies they tell me oh no but everything's fine with us you know we're very inclusive we have a few lgbt people who are out of the closet so you know there's nothing else we need to do about it and always tell them you know there's Yes, maybe there's a few LGBT people out of the closet, but there's probably so many of them who are still in the closet and you don't know about it. So conducting, I think, a well-being survey is very important, an anonymous survey, obviously, uh, so that you can really collect all the information, understand, you know, how many people are in the closet, how do they feel about the company? Are they aware of the initiatives that are being conducted? Because many times there there might be some initiatives, but not all the employees know about them. So Conducting a survey can be very useful. Having workshops, having um, a resource, an, um, as I said, an employee resource group can be very useful. Um, collaborating with uh, different NGOs, you know, supporting NGOs, uh, not only during Pride Month, which I think is great, but also throughout the year, you know, helping uh, to having, for example, a program, something that is uh, currently being conducting in Spain among very big companies is uh, trans inclusion programs. So how to embark people, trans people into 
the, the work environment? How do you include them in the work environment? Because it's very difficult for them to, to actually first get interviews. And then when they get interviews, many times they get discarded uh, right out of, after the interview because you know, of the lack of information um, regarding their, their reality. So I think having these kind of programs can be very beneficial. But for that, you need you need some budget. So the budget. Of course, team. yeah. So communication strategy is is just it needs to be it needs to be in place so that everyone in an organization knows what's going on. And also the other the other thing I hear you say is that as uh, as an education, mm -hmm. you know, because the, you know things within the LGBTQ plus community are changing all the time you know mm -hmm. I, I i struggle to keep up with everything that's going on mm -hmm. so some you know an organization maybe doesn't have all the information either so it's good to have those workshops and education and keeping up to date with that yeah exactly even people from the from the lgbt community sometimes struggle to to, to keep up with all the the updates or even with the, just the letters right lgbtqia plus etc you know plus yeah it's, it's the plus awful. part isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yes i always use the plus to make sure that everyone else is included and that there's no backlash about it <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah i mean it's it, society evolves and as society evolves everyone has to also update their 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 knowledge about it you know and and uh, something that uh people so, um, companies struggle with is uh, for example uh having a trans protocol you know i always uh, ask people you know if you had a trans person in your team that told you that they want to start the trans uh, transition process you know tomorrow how would you react or what what would be the steps that the, that you would follow and you know 95% of people just stay blank and you know and just have no idea what would be the next step to take they just wouldn't know how to how to follow up on that so i think educating people having the right protocols to accompany people through their transition process all these initiatives are really important so having all this knowledge and this information beforehand not yeah. not reacting to things reacting to reality but being prepared so that when reality happens then you know how to do it and people feel included and uh, also you attract the best talent you know it's been proven that you know uh, companies that are more diverse and are more inclusive um, are more productive are more innovative etc so if you want to attract the right talent you need to also be uh, sharing these values and 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 also portraying these values and uh, communicating them Wow, great, great advice, Diego. So if we were to finish this conversation right now, what would we have missed? Um, I don't know if we've missed anything, but one advice I would give probably to, to people and especially to, to LGBT people and to their allies is that, you know, we all have a responsibility to, to bring change and uh, to be this change in, in society. And it's usually through very small things, you know, you don't need to be, the specific activists or get involved in an NGO to to change things you know it's through small everyday interactions um through for example being visible you know something as yeah. as uh, simple but yet as difficult as being visible in all aspects of your life can be already something very important that you can do you know being visible at work being visible uh, in your family being visible in your group of friends and um 
that's already something really small you can do, but has a huge impact to be a role model for future generations and also to be an ally uh, because there is LGBT, there are LGBT people all over society in all in all families, in all schools, in all companies, and they're there. That's the reality. Sometimes they're invisible, but we're everywhere. So being an ally and being a role model is uh, very important. Mm, great stuff. And that sounds like a great message. And I usually ask guests at the end if they have a message for our listeners, but it sounds like you've bagged that one up, Diego. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be the main message, yes. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you directly, Diego, how can they do that? Sure. So they can either contact me on, on LinkedIn. So my name is Diego Lazaro, or they can contact me on my on my directly through my website. So it's bediversetrainings.com. And uh, they can reach out to me anytime. And uh, yes, I, I speak uh, French, Spanish and English. So, you know, more than welcome to, to talk in any of these languages. Oh, fantastic. And I'll make sure those links are in the description below along with your, your bio, Diego. But I'd just love to thank you for being on the show and sharing your knowledge that I'm sure will be really helpful to organizations and LGBTQ plus people around the world. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. Thank you for giving me a voice and um, let's stay in touch. Thank you. Yeah. Very yeah. Here, here, everyone has a voice. And I'd also love to thank the listeners and tune in next Monday for the next episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. Thank you.